Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Living Water Church. I'm glad that you join us today. I'm Pastor Mason. I just want to open up the scripture and pray. Psalms 110 says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstools. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power, in the beauties of holiness from the womb to the morning. You have the dew of your youth. The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is your right hand. He shall execute kings in the days of his wrath. He shall judge among nations. He shall fill the places with dead bodies. He shall execute the heads of many countries. He shall drink of the brook by the wayside. Therefore, he shall lift up the head. Psalms 110. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for allowing us this time of fellowship, this time of service, time of worship and praise for you. And as we open up this service, Lord, we invite you in to have your way in your church. We thank you for what you're doing, and we thank you for all that you allow us to do. And we are so grateful for it, even now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to thank God because our preacher this morning is Pastor Linda Basin, and she's going to come and minister the word to us. After that, we'll have communion. But this time, I ask you to help me welcome Pastor Linda Basin. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. We do love the Lord this morning, don't we? Amen. He is a wonderful God, and we certainly love him um, today, right? Um, because he cares for us, as the song says. Every day he shows us just how special we are to him. Amen. Um, often we have we have to remind ourselves that even these have some numbers on them. That's how special I am to God, that the hairs on my head are numbered, and we have to remember that. Even the birds, he said not one bird falls or dies that he doesn't know about, right? We walk and say, ooh! You know, we see old dry feather um, and dead birds, but I think, gee, he's an awesome, he's an awesome God, and we're glad that he knows us by name. Amen. Amen. Well, we greet you this um, Sunday morning. We thank and praise God just for um, an opportunity to stand before you. Uh, we just want to go before the throne of the Lord. Um, Father, we thank you for uh, this day. We thank you for uh, the service this morning, what we have uh, heard, what we have seen. Um, and we thank you for the ministry of uh, the gifts, the arts, the uh, dance, the songs. We thank you for all of it, Lord. Uh, we bless you because you're worthy to be praised. We use all these different things to 
show our gratitude to you this morning, God. And we just ask as we are sitting, standing, or moving about uh, this morning, uh, getting ready to hear your word, we just ask that you have your way. You say, or use me, use this servant to say what you would have to be said this morning. God, you be glorified. You be uplifted. Let no flesh glory and have a, a part in this. Uh, we ask God and just touch me uh, that I will do your will. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, we do uh, want to honor our pastor this morning, Pastor Faith. Amen. God for him. Amen. Amen. Um, he's taking, it's not really a break because he's here, but um, we thank and praise God um, just for him and um, him allowing or giving me this opportunity to stand before you this morning. Um, well, it's May, and oh, praise God, springtime, spring is here. Amen. And he's taking us through. We're hearing, um, in some areas, we're hearing victory and good reports. In other areas, we know that um, we need to still continue to pray and hold up people, um, especially our brothers and sisters in um, India, where uh, COVID is just devastating that region and that land. Blame. I think we heard in Sunday school, I mean, not in Sunday school, in Bible study this uh, past week about a different mindset or attitude when we talk about blame or criticizing or things like that. And it doesn't matter what the condition or the circumstances are that brings about this devastation, right? Um, what matters is that uh, things change and um, they get the help that they need and lives are uh, saved, right? Uh, when COVID was at its height here in America, and especially in our region, arguments about what wasn't done, when it should have been done, were really useless and moot at the point your loved one is on a ventilator or you needed access to medical care. What's important is that what the people need, they receive, and that healing takes place. And that's what we want to pray for and not get caught up in rhetoric and things that really don't change or benefit the need at the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Praise God. I am going to... Uh, I'll be reading from Matthew uh, chapter 16, beginning at verse 13. I'll be in a few other places, um, if we, Lord will, we get through this. If we don't, I guess I have to come back, amen, and finish it. But um, Matthew 6, chapter 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea 
Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist. Some say Elijah and others, Jeremiah and one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But who? But whom say ye that I am? And Peter answered and said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon or Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. And he charged, then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time forth, began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem, suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised again the third day. Amen. We praise God for um, the reading of his word. And we know that um, after that, uh, the scripture reads that Peter began to rebuke Jesus. And Jesus um, had to rebuke Satan because Peter was in opposition. That's what that verse means, to what he was hearing from Jesus. He did not want to hear what was really the focal point of Jesus coming to uh, this earth. Um, and he, it's interesting that the Lord uh, didn't focus on Peter, but he focused on the enemy because he knew that um, that was an attempt to uh, distract him or to uh, derail what the plan uh, was for him coming to this earth. Um, if you would, I want to read um, from, just turn to um, Isaiah chapter 28. We know that when um, Peter gave this revelation about being um, the rock, right? The church. Thou art Christ, the son of the uh, living God. And Jesus said that uh, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you. 
but my Father which is in heaven revealed this to you. There is further reference to this in the Old Testament. And I just want to, and I do uh, apologize now to the media because I did not give you this, uh, but I just want to read in Genesis uh, chapter 49. Um, and some of this just talks about how complete and how thorough Christ is. Um, in Genesis uh, chapter 49, this is when um, Jacob was blessing his sons. He was getting ready to die, and he was speaking to each of them. Um, and then um, he talks, I'll start with Joseph. He said, Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a well whose branches run over the wall. The arches have sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. But his bow uh, abode in strength and the arms of his hand were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From this is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Um, and then he says, even by the God thy father who shall help thee and the almighty God who will bless thee with blessings from heaven above. Um, and this talking about Jesus being our stone, even back then. Uh, in the Old Testament, we often hear this. They had not had a revelation of the church. They weren't the church. They, they heard about Jesus coming, but they did not see the church. God did not reveal it unto them. They prophesied about something that had not really yet been manifested and revealed to them. Um, I want to go to Isaiah chapter 28 uh, verse 16. Um, Thus saith the Lord of Zion, behold, thus saith the Lord God, uh, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone tried, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. And here we're talking about uh, Jesus the uh, stone. I want to read from a um, the Message Bible because it sums up so beautifully uh, the benefit that we as Christians have because of Jesus Christ. The Message Bible reads um, as this. But the Master God has something to say to this. Watch closely. I'm laying a foundation in Zion, a solid granite foundation, squared and true. And this is the meaning of the stone. A trusting life won't topple. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Trusting in Jesus pays off. When the Lord um, began to talk to his uh, disciples about what he was here for, what he was going to do, 
Um, it was a difficult message for them to understand and for them to comprehend because the scriptures, how the scriptures were interpreted uh, by the people that read them was that a savior was coming, but when the savior was coming, he was going to deliver them from their circumstances and their situations. And they were looking for deliverance, present deliverance. So that meant if we were being oppressed by Rome or Caesar or whatever, our, our king, our king was coming again because they had been a nation that was governed by uh, a king. And the scriptures said there would always be um, a king ruling in Israel. And they were waiting for the return of this Messiah, this deliverer who would set up an earthly kingdom. So when Jesus began to uh, talk, he was not talking like he was planning to set up an earthly kingdom. His message was really contrary to what their expectations were. He began to deliver a message about suffering and dying and um, uh, going through and not being popular. When he talked to his disciples about being uh, ridiculed by the priests and the Sadducees, these things had not yet happened. But he was saying to them, you're following me. And this was just initially the 12. But he began to share this same message with others. But he talked about the 12. In other words, if you want to be on my team, if you're coming this way, if you want to be uh, a part of me, I know you like what you see right now. You like what you hear right now. But this is going to get tough. I am not popular. I'm not going to win the vote. When they have the election, I'm going to lose. I'm not coming with a popular agenda. I'm not doing what men think I should be doing right now. What I'm doing is greater than that. Because I'm coming to expressly to do what my father has told me to do. So um, it's not going to look appeasing to you. But I want you to understand if you stick with me, the reward and the benefit is eternal. It's great, but you can't get this if you're looking for an instant change to what you're dealing with, what you're feeling, how you're going through right now. Because that's not why I'm here. I'm here for something more, for something greater. It, it was He was so strategic in this message that he realized, even if I do certain miracles and this information gets out before it's time, it will circumvent what I am supposed to do and what people are supposed to see. So he said, I'm going to do this, but be quiet about it. Don't tell anybody, because my time is not yet to be revealed. And he only had a short 
period of time to do this. So um, he he begins his ministry, really. And if we, um, I went over into uh, St. John because John's perspective was a little different. If you look in St. John, the difference between uh, St. John and the, the other Gospels, St. John is really not so much concerned with um, sequencing uh, everything and every event, um, but he really wants people to understand that Jesus was the Son of God. Not just he did this and then he did this and then he did this, he did, but under, within his writing, within his message, there is an emphasis that we understand that he was not just a prophet. He was not just a, a man with a good message moral message. If you look at Matthew and you look at the Sermon on the Mountain, you can pull uh, good messages from there and you can pull positive thinking and all of these things that people use today. That was not the emphasis. The emphasis was that he was the Son of God and he came to redeem a lost, dying people. So he, he starts off with that. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And the, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word, uh, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the life of men. Gotta understand that. Because when he begins to do his work, and he begins to talk to people, that's what men challenged. They didn't challenge the miracles. If you read, it wasn't the miracles. They challenged his claim to be God. But it was important that you understand that I am God because when I die, it will be of no effect to you if you don't believe that I am God and I am the Son of God. So he does these miracles. And Jesus does miracles today. He heals us today. But he doesn't, he said, you're following me after he fed the um, 5,000. And he said to them, you know, you're following me because what I'm doing. Some of you are following me for the miracles. The material. Be careful that you don't run after. You're not after me for material things. Be after me for what is eternal and what you can't put your hands on. And you might be saying, well, why, Pastor Linda, why are you saying this to, to us? We believe. But often our belief is challenged. 
because God is not being my genie today. I am not realizing I'm still suffering. I'm still going through. Circumstances haven't changed. I thought you were Jesus the Christ. I thought you were my savior. I thought you came to make things easier and better for me. And he says, no, I came that you have might have life, eternal life, in abundance. He also said, I came, there's scripture where he says, I came and he equipped us and he gave us power, power to suffer, power to endure. Power to withstand ridicule and oppression. That's why I came. I came to change the inside of you. I didn't come so that you can have fine houses, live in mansions, great jobs, name on a billboard. You might have that. But sinners have that. All of these things I can name, there's nothing I can name material that don't or not benefits of the just and the unjust. We all experience the same type of weather. Devastation hits us all. Death hits us all. Sickness hits us all. But not all have access. Not all have keys to the kingdom. Not all have a voice that the Father above hears. And that's what I came. That's why I came. So he says um, the important thing, and, and, and I'm talking to the church because it's hard. Life is hard. Christianity is unpopular. The things that you believe in are not supported by mainstream social media. Your ideals are not represented in TV and books and in the classroom and by the majority of your professors and teachers. You are truly in this world different. You really are. And if you don't know it, as time progresses, you will understand and recognize that I am different. And being different is often difficult. People want to be liked. You want to be liked. You don't walk in a place and say, ha. I don't care if they like me or not. You're really lying because if you didn't care, it wouldn't be a subject matter. Yes, yes. But the minute you make it a subject matter, you care about it. So I listen to people, but when I hear you bring up things, that means it's in your mind. A person that doesn't care will say, hmm, I, was, I didn't even think about that, but now that you brought it to my attention. So the average person, by way of our design, is meant to be 
place and to be in a group and to be whatever. But Jesus said, I came to separate. I came to bring a sword and I put mother against father. Right? Sons again. So my, I came and what I came to do is so opposite of what the world says that you really have to be in tune and your mind has to be focused on who I am and what I came to do. There was um, there was a situation or when um, uh, Paul was faced with persecution and I'm not going to read it I'm just going to summarize but in Corinthians Second uh, Corinthians when Paul started writing that epistle he wrote that epistle out of uh, stuff going on some things was going on in the church how many know things going to go on in the church say amen somebody amen. things are going to go on in the church so what was happening to Paul at that time is um, uh, opposite 1 Corinthians when he was writing letters and maturing the church and telling them what to do and they were, we believe, grabbing hold of it. Now, folk are sick of them. Tired of Paul's message. You don't, you, first of all, you're not a good preacher. Didn't know if you didn't know that, Paul, but you're not really a good speaker. When you do come, you put me to sleep. Right? And then I have issue about what you say. Because I was listening to Deacon so-and-so or brother over there and he came with a little more reasoning and what he's saying is making sense. So now I'm questioning what you're saying. And the truth be told, you weren't even one of the original disciples anyway. Even though you say you were, you weren't. Because so-and-so told me the real deal. You a stepchild. That's what was going on when he wrote that letter. Right? And half of what you're going through, Paul, right? You brought on yourself, Saul. Because when you were Saul, you did this and you did that. And that's why you got all this stuff going on. Really, that's why you're looking over your shoulder. Not because you're suffering for Christ. So Paul had to address that. And he didn't have to address it um, to defend himself. Right? He had to address it to make sure that the church stayed focused on its purpose and he knew he was called to deliver a message to you. So I have to dig out all that sludge and gook that you have allowed yourself to absorb in your ear and in your spirit and now give you the real deal and the true message. And in that, he began to say to them, he talked about that. He said that he himself, um, I, I, I don't stand on my own recourse. I'm not sufficient in myself. Though he could be. 
Now, I could talk about what I did and brag on, but I want you to understand that my sufficiency is in Christ because that's where your sufficiency is as well. It's not in the person that brings the right message, tickling your ears, telling you what you want to hear, making you feel better about the situation and the circumstances. It is in Christ and Christ alone. And you have to understand that. <coughs> what we have, the foundation, the church, is established on Jesus. And he put in you enough to deal with what you have to deal with. But what, we, what happens to us is we begin to say, God, something's got to give. Because I'm a break. Something's got to give. Because I'm a crack. I'm holster with that clothes to going off. You know, my mind is all messed up. Don't you see? This stuff is too much. These people are too much. And what he's saying to you is, but I, I gave you what you need. I put in you what you need. I've given you power. I've demonstrated it. I, you saw it demonstrated. And he, what you saw it demonstrated, I put in you. Turn to quickly, let's turn to John 15. He says, I'm sorry, not John 15, John 17. Verse 15 is what I want, but John 17. The Lord begins to um, intercede for us, right? And um, he talks to the Father about the disciples, but he also talks to the Father about you and I. And he says not just um, at verse... Um, he says to the Father, everything you told me, I told them. I showed them who you were through what I did, right? What you gave me, I gave to them freely. He says, uh, verse 9, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them that thou hast given me because they're mine. And all are mine, all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified. Right? And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to them. I'm going back to you. You're staying here. Keep them through thine own name, whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in my name. Those thou gave me have I kept. None of them are lost, but we know Judas is lost, right? He says, and now come I back to you, and these things I speak in the world that they might have my joy fulfilled 
in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hates them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou take them out of the world, but that thou keep them from the evil of the world. And he, he begins to say, they are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I send them. You can live in this world. And as for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through truth. Neither pray I for these alone, or for them which shall believe on me through their words, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And he goes on. That's you. That's you. So when you feel like you can't make it, it's contrary to what Jesus said about you. <laughs> he said, upon this rock, I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. What Satan is trying to do shall not prevail against you. You are the church. He demonstrated. He had, if he had not suffered or gone through any ridicule or gone through anything, we would not have any place of <coughs> recall or reflection to know Jesus made it as man, as a man. I can make it. I can, I can suffer. He suffered. The Bible says at all points, all points, he was tempted. All points, he suffered. But he didn't yield. So that you and I can go through. And I'm trying, I want you, church, this wasn't a jump and shout, because you're not jumping and shouting right now. You stuck in your stuff. You stuck in your stuff. And only the truth of the word will elevate you out of it. I hope we come back together soon and we hear the music and we hear the songs and we jump and shout and we see each other, but that's not going to get you out of your stuff. That's not going to change. It's accepting, realizing, activating who you are in Christ, what he did, why he came. The miracles were great, but he came for more than that. Don't be like Peter. We don't openly, well, some of us do, but we don't openly rebuke the Lord. But we have a way, we do like that, we walk away, 
I'm not going to think about my situation. I'm not going to deal with my suffering. I'm going shopping. I'm going to do whatever. But I'm not going to, you know, we just turn this off. Uh-uh, this is not it. I won't accept. Accept. <laughs> accept it. No, people say, don't claim it. You claim it, you got it. I can go through with Jesus. We're here. All right, Satan. We're here. But you will lose. You will not win. This will not bring me down. This will not destroy me. I'm getting through this. Don't act like it don't exist, because guess what? It's going to raise his ugly head again. You're spinning. I can't begin to name some of the things and situations that you may be dealing with right now. But you have to know, as a member in this great body, that you have victory, you will overcome, Satan will not defeat you, you do not have to sell out, you do not have to give in, you do not have to trade or compromise to make it easier, stand. You won't be disappointed and hold on, hold on church. In Jesus' name. Won't you stand to your feet? <clears throat> so the devil's defeated. He really is. <clears throat> Jesus took the keys. He defeated them. He went to hell and he took the keys. So the pressures, you know, I was praying, I just feel like Oath is just pressure. It's like somebody got you on your head and they're just, just pressuring you, pressuring you. To the point we forget that we're the church. <clears throat> we're the church. I'm not just the United States Christian, Pentecostal, charismatic. Baptist, Methodist, whatever you identify. No. I'm part of the rock. I'm part of the rock. And the rock didn't fall on me. I fell on the rock. But remember, you're a part of the church. And he put in you what you need to make it. Father, we thank you for sending your son. Thank you because he died. And we thank you because he suffered. He set an example. He went through much in his short time. He was opposed all the time. Everything he tried to do, someone had something negative to say about it. But it didn't stop him from doing what you called him to do. And I pray, Lord, that that spirit, that same spirit that was in him be activated, which is in us already. Give us fortitude where our knees have been weak and feeble. 
fortified, where our spirits have been tended and damaged and strengthened, where we have been ready to throw in the towel, Lord, help us to pull it back, Lord. God, where we want to walk in the flesh and be angry and isolated, God. Soften our spirits and our minds and our hearts and let us commune and fellowship with you and with the brethren in the name of Jesus. Because you said the gates of hell shall not prevail. So let us understand that the gates of hell are trying to come against us. But we can make it and we can stand because of the truth of your word. Lord, help us to take confidence and assurance in that you prayed for us and that we are sealed unto the day of our physical redemption, Lord. Help us to understand that. We bind depression. We bind oppression. We come against the spirit of suicide. We bind the spirit of isolation. The spirit of condemnation. We come against the spirit of anxiety. We come against impulsive behaviors in the name of, the, of Jesus. Addictive behaviors in the name of Jesus, God. We speak to your people that we will regroup and we gather our thoughts through your scripture, through your word in the name of Jesus. Do this for us, oh God. Do not let us resort, oh God, to dependencies on habits and drugs and alcohol to take away what's going on in our mind when you want to wash the mind with the word of God. Help us to gravitate and cling to the truth of your word. Draw us together. Don't separate us from each other, but draw us together. Don't let us become despondent and despairing of disgust. We pray and be relinquished and released away from us. In Jesus' name, God. And let us flourish in this world as you designed us to flourish. Let us be the savior of song as you intended us to be in this world. This we pray and we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we ask that you touch those that are under the sound of my voice, God. And if any does not know the Lord this morning, we want to invite you to come to Jesus. The word of God says, the day you hear my voice, harden not your heart. As in the day of provocation, when Israel just would not come and provoke God, God said, come, when you hear me, come, come. He also says, whosoever will, let him come drink freely of the water that he gives. As he told the woman at the well, you drink this water, you'll never thirst again. You drink of Jesus, what you're dealing with will be made different. Jesus is our helper. He's our strength. He gives us a new life when we come to him. Satan makes us think it's the same, but the truth and the reality is that it's not. When we 
come to Jesus, we come and he gives us eternal life. The beauty is he removes our sin no matter what we've done. He washes it and he removes it away from us. God says he remembers them no more. We're washed, we're clean. When he sees us, he looks at us and he sees us through the blood of Jesus Christ, the Savior. It's a beautiful life. So I encourage you under the sound of my voice, make that decision. Make it today. If you're even listening, God is talking. God is talking at you. And he does want you. You are of value. You are important. And you can live for God. Do great exploits, friends. I encourage you to come to Jesus today. Come to Jesus right where you are, right? He knows your heart. He knows you. And he wants you on his team, on the winning side. Thank you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Uh, we're going to turn this uh, back to our pastor. mindful of uh, what we have next week or this week, uh, please reach out to me uh, if you have any questions about uh, the service. I believe Pastor will come and talk to you. We are going to um, have our homegoing service for our brother George Wilson on uh, this Friday, May 7, uh, 11 a.m. will be walkthrough viewing at 12 noon will be the service. There is uh, uh, capacity restrictions, limited capacity, um, but uh, we do uh, want you uh, to reach out to us if you're able and available to help, but please remember the Wilson family and prayer, um, the extended family, um, uh, Andersons, Canada's, Freemans, all those that are uh, connected Please remember them in prayer, but we pray especially for um, our sister Betty. They will have would have celebrated 51 years, a lifetime, a lifetime of marriage. So please remember her um, in your prayers. Um, amen. And thank you again. God bless you, Pastor.
my body, my body was just broken for you. So he changed the elements of the Passover to, to focus on him and what he has to do. And so he said, this is my body, which is broken for you, represents my body. Which Jesus knows that he's about to suffer. You know, he's about to be tortured. He's about to be deprived. He's about to go through a horrible physical and mental and emotional anguish. And that's even before he gets to the cross. So he says, take it, eat. And as often as we do it, we've got to remember him and things he suffered. So let's take the bread and eat it together. In Jesus' name.
and we know we're going to receive it. We thank you in advance, and we thank everybody who's been with us today. And Father, we're grateful for all those who come and all those who have celebrated with us this Sunday. And Lord, we ask your blessings upon their households represented, and bless them, let them see and receive all that you have for them. We are so grateful for these things. We thank you again, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you very much. And please stay safe. On behalf of our pastors, Theodore and Linda Faison, we would like to thank you for joining the Living Water Christian Center Church for our Sunday morning virtual service. Although the physical doors of our church may be closed, our ministry is committed to spreading the gospel message and staying connected with you as we shelter in place. To support our ministry with your tithes and offering, you can use PayPal at LivingWaterCCC, Cash App at LivingH2OChurch, or Zelle at 973-902-9933. If you need any assistance or would like to send any prayer requests, you can contact us at 973-902-9933 or livingwater374 at gmail.com. We are also available via direct message at any of our social media platforms. Follow us at Living Water H2O Church on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay updated on our virtual worship services, Sunday school classes, prayer meetings, and Bible studies. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Be blessed and stay safe.